0: And welcome to episode number 72 of the Kerrville Podcast. Michaela here and John Barrera. And John, go ahead and introduce today's guest.
1: Today we have the lovely Miss Patty Bliss with River Trail Books. Patty Bliss. Beautiful energy, beautiful vibes, and a beautiful bookstore.
0: Yeah, it is great. And uh, I actually, uh, speaking of a great bookstore, this is where I bought this book at. It's the 1964 edition Mm. of How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. So, uh, really, I was really happy to see this book in there. I'm big on the uh, motivation stuff, but there are a lot of
1: other books, great books like that as well in there as well. That book unleashed my, you know, just my communication skills. Really, yeah. I've read it three times. Three times. Three times. I've
0: listened to it twice. I haven't. I haven't finished that one yet. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, Patty, I, I remember before y'all even moved in there, I was having a conversation at with Debbie. I've known Debbie six or seven years at River Hills Mall, and she was so excited that y'all were moving in there. And, uh, I mean, super excited, and for good reason. So, the name of your store is River Trail Books. And tell us about River Trail Books, Patty.
2: Well, River Trail Books uh, developed as a result of my husband and I Retiring a year ago and moving to Kerrville. And uh, we are caregivers to uh, my mother in law. And we were trying to think of what things we could do here in Kerrville to um, be a part of the community and, you know, uh, establish something that would give us some purpose and some yeah. things to do. Well, um, we've had literacy projects for over eight years. And in doing all those literacy projects and moving to Kerrville, we had many, 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 many boxes of books for our children's projects in our storage unit and uh, and talking about what are we going to do with all these books because we were in the midst of COVID. We couldn't send the books to um, our literacy projects because everything was on hold. So we started thinking about, you know, the possibility of opening up a bookstore and so it developed really over a few weeks. I mean, within six weeks, we had the whole idea. We had the location. Uh, we had some books we had acquired. And my husband, Steve Holcomb, was fast on the trail of getting the bookshelves and putting it all together and um, opening up River Trail Books. And we named it River Trail Books because we just love the River Trail here mm, in Kerrville. Nice. Has Beautiful, been isn't it? Uh, a saving grace for us. I mean, we walk the river trail all the time and we really just love that. That's a really unique feature to Kerrville.
0: Okay. So, so so when did you guys move to Kerrville and where do you move from? It was Seguin, right?
2: Right. We moved from Seguin. My husband retired from continental automotive and I retired from hope hospice as a hospice nurse. Mm. And um, yeah, we picked the Kerrville area because it's close to where we want to be when we ultimately retire and it's a good location for us. We like to travel um, to the Big Bend area. We like to travel yeah. to Cloudcroft. And we didn't want to be in the San Antonio area. We didn't want to be in the Austin area. We're kind of over and away. So anyway, so it's a good location for us.
0: The River Trail, and I keep getting back to this, and there's a reason. Did you discover the River Trail before you moved here or after you moved here?
2: Yes, I, we discovered it before we moved here. Yeah, I actually was here on a spiritual retreat a couple years back at St. Peter and Paul upon the water. And when I came into town Sunday just to wander around, I discovered that trail and I couldn't stay away from it. I went down there and I took pictures. I sent it to my husband. I said, this is where we need to go. We need to explore this area. We need to go camping. We need to go hiking. And so he went overboard. He started coming here. um, Well, I was busy working. (laughs) He would travel to Kerrville and just explore and explore and explore. He said, "This is where we're going. This is where we're going to retire." So mm. there's anyway. so much,
0: so much here. What was the first part of the river trail that you that you uh, explored?
2: It was Louise Hayes Park because I had okay. just crossed the bridge. I saw the park. I, it was easy to figure out how to get there.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So
2: I just went down there and started taking pictures and walked quite a ways on the trail. And uh, now we've covered it from end to end. Many many times.
1: I wonder how many people have moved here after walking the trail, or running the trail, or biking the trail. It's fairly new. It is still mm-hmm. new. It's less than ten
0: years old. Mm-hmm. You know, they just started building it. Uh, I guess what twenty ten, twenty eleven, something like yeah, that. Yeah,
1: it's it's fairly new, and yeah. uh, it, it's it's. I think it's a, a a like a landmark almost now.
0: It is, and this is what I'm going at here. The, so this is something that was built as an attraction for this area. It was pretty expensive for the city to build, but look at look at what it brought to the area here because Patty and her husband Steve, they they discovered the river trail. So so you're okay, you're here on a retreat, you discovered the river trail, and you not only moved your family here after discovering the river trail, but you also opened up a business named after the river trail. Wow.
2: Yes, we did. We just thought that was an appropriate name for the store. Um, we really liked it, and so anyway, it seemed to suit the location and what we're doing. So
0: that is that is awesome. So you started in twenty thirteen.
2: We did. We started uh, our literacy projects in twenty thirteen. We actually had no idea what we were doing. We had received an email from an acquaintance of ours who actually. Also happened to be our neighbor's daughter, and she and her husband had a scuba diving resort on the um, just off the island of Guanaja, which is one of the bay islands of Honduras. And she also is an educator, and she was asking if anybody could bring some children's books, especially um, kindergarten books, to help her set up a little library in one of the kindergartens that she was helping uh, with teaching languages in. So my husband and I have always thought, you know, when you're travelers and you are you go to these beautiful islands and you get to see all the, the beauty that they have to offer, um, but then you go into the communities and you see the absolute poverty mm-hmm. and you think, how can you really help these people? You know, you can give them a few dollars here and a few dollars there, but that goes very quickly. It doesn't really help establish any type of, sustainability Mm. so we had talked about this for many many years like how do you really give back to these people that are living in poverty that really have very little hope so this really this project of you know taking some books to an elementary school i just think this is a good way to give a hand up versus just a simple handout that would be gone yeah and you know give a man a fish yes sir so anyway um We jumped at the idea, so we did actually have a trip planned to Guanaja, so we started um, shopping for books, and we loaded up a couple of suitcases, we had 75 books shoved in some suitcases, which was, even kids' books was a little bit heavy, but anyway, we took them to the islands, we dropped them off to Marla, and we didn't get to see, you know, that week that we were there, vacationing, the result of it, but... The following weeks, as she was carrying armloads of those children's books down the little walkway to the school and to um, the community, the little children seeing those books in her arms just went bananas. They said, Oh, Miss Marla, Miss Marla, can we have a book? Can we have a book? So she started handing out these children's books to these little kids, and they just grabbed those books and they hugged those books, and that was the biggest treasure. They could have at that, you know, at that time.
0: So this was 2013. This, this is was, this is seven years before you moved to Kerrville. This is seven years prior. Yes,
2: yes. Now
0: the kids there, they don't have iPhones and iPads and, and all that other stuff. No, they I was don't. Just thinking they that. really
2: don't have. Um, they the island itself. I mean, the top officials have some computers to do work. Yeah. But they don't have any types of computers in the books. In fact, the schools don't really even have. Um, books the teacher will have a textbook that she can teach by but the kids don't have any books to check out or read for fun or they don't even have a textbook they just have the book that the teacher is holding up in front of the class and so anyway this whole little 75 books just mushroom because the mayor of the island had little children in the school and he's you know immediately saw the reaction and he was an educated person he said if your friends can help us get m- more, more, more books, then I will dedicate a thousand square feet in the municipal building across the street from the school for a library. So, therefore, the challenge was on. So we thought, how many books do you need to fill a thousand square feet? We had no idea, mm. but we just started collecting books, and um, other people started collecting books, and. Within eight months, we had collected ten thousand books. We were able to get them all shipped to Banaka.
0: Ten thousand books.
2: Ten thousand books, that's and amazing. so that's really about two pallets full. And so um, the library was opened up. They had they hired some of the local people to kind of uh, clean up the inside of the space, to put new lighting in there, to make a new window in there and get bookshelves in there. And so we had shipped all the books, and they just sat in boxes waiting for everything to get ready. And so they put together the first library, probably one of the best libraries for sure in the Bay Islands and probably in a lot of Honduras as well.
1: This is beautiful. This is a beautiful story, Michaela, really. You know, you have children here who, you know, have their ipads and iphones and 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 they have books that they'll use to step up on or just like keep on the in the corner or whatever and 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 these children saw the books and were holding and hugging the books you yeah
2: know, the smile but- the smiles are just you can't even believe the smiles and the and a lot of these books that we initially took were in english where a lot of these children speak spanish their parents don't speak you know, they either speak Spanish or English. They are, a lot of them aren't bilingual. They may be verbally bilingual, but they don't read um, on that level. And most of those people on the islands are only educated to the third grade. That's pretty much where everyone was stopping. Third grade, you're good to go for mm. your life, which, as we know, doesn't get you very far. Right. Other than manual labor jobs that most of them are doing, you know. But they're literate, they can read. Some can, not on a high level, not on a very high level. You know, if they could read on a third grade level, that's pretty good. Most of them, you know, probably don't even, you know, the parents aren't reading that high a level. So anyway, um, it just spurred things on. So we had that little, well, you know, 10,000 book library in place. And we started helping establish little bitty libraries in the little small schools on the island And then in about 2015, um, we still had accumulated a lot of books because once we got the bug, we couldn't stop collecting books. And we were living in, uh, well, anyway, our garage was collecting a lot of books, boxes and boxes, of really great books. And I told Steve, I said, Steve, we have to find a home for these books. These books are too good to be sitting in the garage. We have to find another use for them, I said. What about the island of Roatan? It's a lot bigger. There's a lot more kids. He said, "Patty, you got to be kidding me. There are forty-five thousand <laughs> kids on that island.
0: It's a lot of kids, yeah." And
2: I said, "Well, you know, we can help a few. So anyway, we started trying to contact some people to see, you know, who, you know, would be willing to um, deal with the books on the other end because we can't be there full time." So we need somebody to be our connection to accept the books and get them to these schools. So we put out some emails, no takers. I said we'll get on Facebook. So we got on Facebook and we bumped into a lady called Lynn Finelli. Well, she has her own nonprofit. Her nonprofit is called Rotan Children's Fund. And what she does is try to better the schools. On the island of Roatan. Yeah. So that ended up being a jackpot for us. Well, when we said we had some boxes of books that we would like to ship, she said, well, I appreciate your offer, but no thank you. Um, And we thought, you're kidding. Why wouldn't you want these books? Well, come to find out, the books that she had historically been sent were just books that were really trashed out, beat up and really not even appropriate for children on the islands. So Steve said, let me send you a sampling. We'll just send you three boxes, and then you can let us know if they're going to work if you want any more. So we sent the boxes, and she sent back a message. She said, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. She said, when my friend and I got to my house, and we opened up those boxes she said we both started crying mm. we got chill bumps she said we have never received books in this nice a condition that are this perfect for our schools
1: can
0: i ask you so, can i ask you a question patty yes how much did you get paid for sending all these books to these islands
2: nothing no we um this has mostly been our project we have had some donations some of our friends and families have you know sponsored a pallet which is about 625 50 dollars a pallet but um
0: and yeah. that helps pay for the costs. but you guys just did this just to help these
1: kids out you know there's no yeah why 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 would you do do something like that
2: it's a way to you know to give back to give somebody a hand up because when you see these people you know um these kids they want to learn. They don't want to be, you know, cooking and cleaning and, you know, just macheting through the jungle and doing manual labor jobs. They want to better themselves. Their parents want to better themselves. Some of them, you know, want to go to college, which maybe might be 1 or 2% of them that can even manage to go to college, but um the historically the thought process be with you know the officials and the people is like people only need a third grade education to succeed well you know in today's world having a better education
0: even if it's just Mm. even
2: if it's just even if it's a trade not necessarily a college education but to learn a trade and to learn some skills um, you know whether it's plumbing or electrical or oceanography or marine biology, there's so many things that these children can learn. And to help them, initially, part of our motivation was to, how do we educate these people to uh, maintain a clean island? Because they don't, all of them, all the places don't have, you know, proper sewage system. They don't have proper water. Um, You know, they throw their trash wherever or they try to burn it because they don't have the means the to yeah. recycle and the resources. So to educate them, we sent um, a lot of books on oceanography, on marine biology, on um, environment and pollution and those kind of things to help them maintain this beautiful Island that they're living on, but it won't be beautiful if it keeps getting um, abused by, you know, so people in general.
0: So Lynn received these boxes of books, and she was completely impressed by these books. And then then what happened after that? So then she
2: said, well, if you could send us some more, that would be really great. <laughs> <Yes>. Very nice. <laughs> yeah. Now, yeah. So anyway, um, we've sent over 140,000 books. Oh, my Wow. Gosh. So it's about 32-something pallets, 32, 35 pallets. I can't remember. But anyway, it's a lot of pallets of books that we've sent to the Bay Islands. And so... Um, Lynn started getting overwhelmed with all the books because she's not there full-time. She's a a part-time person in um, Roatan, and she goes back and forth from California. And so we asked her if she could connect us with someone that was permanently living on the island that could help us with the boxes of books so when we ship them, somebody is there to receive them, and designate these books go to this school, these books go to this school. So anyway, uh, we were introduced to Mr. Parchment, and uh, he's the superintendent of the schools for the island of Roatan, and he has just been so helpful. Um, he was a staff Sanford professor, highly educated man, and his wife is too, and he was just more than happy to be a part of this project. And so... By this time, Steve had um, figured out the most economical, efficient way to ship these boxes, which would be to have 32 boxes on a pallet, but they had to be uniform boxes. You can't have a mismatch of boxes that don't fit on a pallet, nice and neat and tidy. So we always had every box was exactly the same size. He packed them. So you would say, this box is half English, half Spanish. This box contains... Kindergarten to third grade. This box contains, you know, fourth grade to seventh grade. And then we would find out from Dr. Parchment, you know, what languages the school that the boxes were going to, what they they, they Prefer, need. Yeah. Yeah. Do they want all English? Do they want all Spanish? Do they want half and half? So he would mark, you know, this box is, you know, half English, half Spanish, or whatever in the grade level. So that when he packed them on the pallet, so you're, 32 boxes on the pallet. Then he would bind it up with the binding wire and drive it to the shipping port, which used to be Houston, which was rather convenient. But that one is since closed, so now we have to go to New Orleans. So anyway, it's a bit of a trek. Mm. But nonetheless, we came up with a um, a shipping company, Dip Shipping, and they give us a non-profit rate. So um, it's cheaper than if we were to you know, ship them otherwise. So, Anyway.
0: That's um, wild. Yeah. That is, and this started out with 75 books. Did you know it was going to turn books. into this when you started this? Oh, my
2: gosh, no. We would have thought that's impossible. We definitely would have thought it 140,000? Yes, sir.
1: That's crazy. We
2: thought it would have been absolutely impossible.
1: Is it? Is it difficult to come back to the States or to come back and not be bitter to the not 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 bitter to the children but kind of to the system you know like like be like look y'all guys have it so good you don't understand what these kids are doing are going through over there right
2: right and i think that's where you know as adults it is our job to educate our children you know even at a very young age that you know um you know, freedom isn't necessarily free, you know. There's a lot of people that have worked very, very hard for what we have, for what the next generation has and so on and so forth. And to teach them that, you know, you have to give back. You just can't just go out there and take from society and do nothing. You have to, even at a young age, you know, there's something everybody can do. Provide value. Provide value to, you know, the people in your immediate family and the people that you encounter each and every day, you know? I mean, I as a nurse, I've taken care of many, many people that, you know, they can't even get out of bed every day. They can't do anything for themselves. But you know, they would say, I wish there was something I could do for you. Mm. I said, "Well, there is." I said, "You can pray for me." I said, "I'm out there on the roads all hours of the day and night." I said, pray for my safety, Amen. you know, and they're like, oh my gosh, yes, of course. So that gives them purpose, even though they are dependent on someone else for their every, every need at every moment of the day. So I think it's just a matter of educating people and teaching people. It's like, you know, give back, you know, give back in a small way may lead to bigger ways. You just don't know.
1: Does this make you happy?
2: Oh, my goodness. Yes. Yes. In fact, I feel when we get to go to the islands and we get to see Facebook postings from the schools and see what they used to be and what they've come to, because the, the delivery of these books has grown the islands in many ways that we could have never fathomed. In fact, so by sending these books to the island... One of the school principals, um, his name is Marlin Valley, he was so enamored and so excited and he had beautiful bookshelves built in his school and they have the books all up on the bookshelf and they are so proud of those books and he got ins- inspired to start a reading program because he actually had books for the kids to read and so he started um getting people to give him little donations, whether it be a pen or a pencil or a little notebook or some crayons or, you know, things. And he would tell the kids, it's like, okay, if you read so many books, you can pick a prize. And that's a really big deal for kids down there. Cause you know, they don't have those kind of things yeah. every day. So he really got his children, um, reading more and more and more to where they were always wanting to come into the library to get more books. And, So that really helped him. And then he also had, um, he was inspired to have teacher training programs. And so they started having um, programs where they would educate the teachers even further to get them certificates for their training because some of the teachers, not so much in the schools, but a lot of the schools just consisted of a lean-to, it looked like in somebody's backyard with a bunch of little chairs, No chalkboard, no books, no nothing, just kind of a place for the kids to camp out where the parents worked. And so it inspired other people from other organizations, uh, the Rotary Club, the Lions Club, which down there, of course, are all international, to uh, try to get some enclosures for these little school areas. So they started getting people to... um, put together some money to actually build an enclosed school so that if you have an enclosed school, then you can have books because the books need to be, you know, out of the weather, of course. And
0: enclosed school.
2: An enclosed school. (laughs) I know that sounds kind of crazy, doesn't it? But this is, this is how it is. And so you get, and a lot of those people that were, you know, in the lean-tos, they're not certified teachers. They're just, you know, a parent that may or may not have much, training at all probably didn't have a lot of training probably doesn't have a high literacy level didn't know how to do math so you know they are the people teaching so the teacher training program started and uh just really incentivized people and then some of the folks um wanted to introduce some computers so we did have uh one school marlin school was able to get some computers donated um however Something we never think about here in the States is that um, computers need electricity. Mm. Well, electricity on the islands is very, very expensive, and most of them have to run off generators, which are fueled, which is very expensive. So their limited ability to have computers and use their computer labs is um, it's fairly small just because it's not cost-efficient.
1: This is a podcast that... When I when I post this on Facebook, I'm going to say watch with your children because it's something that kids need to know that they're they're lucky to have these books. They're lucky to be in a school with AC and a roof, a, t- a teacher who's actually putting out some good information and um, uh, computers that the school can use, electricity that the school has, you know. It just
0: turns on, magically just turns on every day. We're
1: blessed. Pins and papers, I mean, they're everywhere. They're everywhere. Yeah,
0: whatever you need, you have here. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes we -hmm.
1: we forget how lucky we are. We truly do. And I keep pushing this podcast. There's a podcast that Joe Rogan interviews a woman who, who escaped North Korea and came into the States. And that podcast is probably the best I've ever heard. I've listened to probably hundreds of podcasts that one right there gives you perspective and listening to you you know you give me perspective too because i'm like gosh my daughter's room is full of books full of books yeah yeah mm-hmm. one thing that really
0: spoke to me today patty is you had a half hour to talk about your bookstore mm. and i think you spent about about 30 seconds on your bookstore and you you spent the rest of the podcast today talking about these kids mm. On these islands, they mean a lot to you, don't they?
2: Oh, my gosh, they do. They do. It's just really wonderful that um, d- that they can have, you know, some education. And um, the teachers are inspired to have books in the classroom, and the parents are inspired to have books for their children. And I'll tell you another little story. We have a volunteer. His name is Mr. Hondo, and he lives on the island of Banaka, which is about two miles by two miles. It's a very compact little island. And he was so overwhelmed with the idea of having a library on the island, he wanted to know how he could get some of the books to the people that, you know, weren't able to get to the library. And so he brought his wheelbarrow and he went up to the library and he said, her name is Rixie. She's a local and said, I want to check out some books and take them to the people. And so he would load up his wheelbarrow with books and take the little checkout cards in his pocket. And he would wheel his wheelbarrow around the island and check out books to these people. And then he would go back in a week, pick up the books, pick up the cards, deliver new books. And that was just, I mean, that's his passion. That's what he's that doing. A shout
1: out to Mr. Hondo. Mr. Yeah.
2: Hondo. Yep. He's a retired teacher and uh, he just sees how very important it all is.
0: You know, my, my takeaways from this podcast today, uh, I, I've i been grounded in the past 30 minutes and uh in a very good way it makes you realize how grateful we really should be and how much we take for Mm -hmm. granted in this life because you know a lot of us live lives where we're always striving for the next big thing or whatever but we overlook all the little things Mm -hmm. that make our lives able to go after the big things Mm -hmm. in life and uh we just take so much for granted uh, really this is a podcast that everybody out there needs to watch it is to see you know the the contrast between how good we have it here in the states versus other parts of the world that don't have it nearly as good mm-hmm. as i mean nearly as good as as we do you know it's it's crazy you know and uh, definitely john this is a podcast to watch with kids
1: yes Ma- michaela yeah. i've noticed a trend we've had 72 guests in here and the most happy people are the ones that use their resources and give back. You know what I'm saying? Have yeah. you noticed that?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Like,
1: like, um, uh, the the steak, um, the the one who owns a restaurant. He he. You have him on all the time. King Smokehouse. Oh, oh, Stephen King. Oh yeah. my gosh, dude. Yeah, he, that he, dude gives back so much, it's and crazy. he's happy. Man. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Karen Ann King, the same way. Oh my gosh, Karen with Lions Club. I don't know if you met. I I had two questions for you. Sure. Um, One is is a quicker answer, and the other one it's it's up to you. The first one is you've seen a lot of um, organizations over there, like you said, the Lions Club, and you know some people are like curious about where does my money go, who should I give to, who over there have have you seen has had the best impact to where you would say that's where I would give my money to.
2: Well, uh, clearly the Lions Club, the Rotary Club, and Caribbean Children's Fund, and Rotan Children's Fund. Um, awesome. I knew all of, 100% of our donations go to the project. Um, and, and always yours, have. yours too. Yeah. Ours is 100% always give back.
1: How would so. somebody find that? How would somebody?
2: We do have the webpage. And on our webpage, uh, the Car- Caribbean CaribbeanChildrensFund.org, um, they can do PayPal. Or they can come into the bookstore. I mean, you can write a check you can you know all right and as cash or whatever let's spend
0: a little time on this bookstore (laughs) because (laughs) we got to give you a plug here yeah so y'all have this bookstore it's been open since december december of 2021 and y'all have all kinds of great books in there for people to go in and check out and uh what are your hours over there
2: we are open thursday through sunday uh 10 to 6 thursday through saturday and sunday the mall opens at noon so we're open noon to six on sunday
0: all right, noon to 6 on Sunday. And then uh, if you don't know where it's at, uh, is it? what's the restaurant in there now in
1: the mall?
2: There isn't a restaurant. We're right across from the jewelry box and the axe throwing.
1: Okay, yeah.
2: Between Belk's and the the fountain.
1: Yeah. Okay. You keep going I, past Claire's
0: on the left. If yeah. you know where Dalen's used to be, Dalen's Ice Cream, uh, where they oh. had the picnic tables and everything, you go in that main entrance of the mall right there, and then you just go over to your left right, right. there, and right. Uh, you'll see the bookstore right there. To your left. It's where the Hill Country Visitors magazine used to be right there in the same, if you know where that was at, in the mall. And just go in there and check it out. I'm telling you, I found a great find in there Mm. just walking around for a few minutes, you know, Mm -hmm. how to win friends and influence people by Dale Carnegie. I mean, and a lot of other great books in there too. And y'all have something that's really cool. Y'all have the Texas Hill Country section.
2: We do. We do. We have Texas Hill Country section. We have um a lot of Western. We have hunting, fishing. We have a patriotism section that all started um, with uh, one of the mall walkers, Rex Gooch. He and cool. his wife yeah. walk the mall all the time. And uh, when he read about our projects, he was so impressed. He donated several of his books to our projects and to the bookstore. And so his book is available in our store. And uh, We've come across a lot of other veterans, authors, and whatnot. And so we said, you know, freedom isn't free. That's going to be one Mm. of our sections in the bookstore. And it's fortunately, you know, I'm very thrilled. It's a very popular section. People want to know about, you know, our patriotism and the people that have fought to keep this country free.
0: Awesome. All right, Patty Bliss with River Trail Books. It's been a great half hour and very eye-opening. Really put things in perspective for us, Patty. So thank mm-hmm. you so much for coming in here and spending, a ha- spending some time with us this morning. John, you got anything else before we get out of here?
1: Yes. Uh, my second question was, um, is happiness to you a destination or a-, a lifestyle or the process?
2: Oh, it's definitely the process. I mean, you find your happiness every single day in things that you, you do for people. And I think when you realize, you know, that you've done something that's really helpful to somebody and put somebody in a different uh, frame of mind, whatever it is, um, it it makes you feel good. And that's just where we all need to be, you know.
1: Thank you. And thank Mr. Steve. Thank you. And thank you for having me today. All
0: right. uh, That's episode number 72 of the Kerrville podcast. We'll be back Thursday with episode number 73. You can get this at KerrvillePodcast.com. You can also search Kerrville Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. We're also on YouTube under Kerrville Podcast and Facebook as well. So until Thursday, have a great one. Madeline Hart is next. All right. Madeline Hart with Kerrville Real Estate coming up on Thursday on the Kerrville Podcast. Yeah.